The Dane and Derek Show is an uncensored, unfiltered podcast. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. Hey everybody, welcome back to Dane and Derek. My name is Derek. I make movies and play a lot of tabletop games. And joining me, as always, is my good friend, Dane Fogdahl. Hey, uh, I'm Dane. I write, I love music and tabletop RPGs. Um, soon to be law student, which I, I think is probably going to change a little bit of what we <laughs> talk about here. Yeah, um, definitely. At least change my perspective um, Yeah, more than a little. So yeah, that's that's me. That is you. Mm-hmm. And today we are talking about our dream Star Wars movie. I feel like this is a really apt conversation at the moment because there's mm-hmm. a lot of Star Wars discourse right now. Yeah, as we're recording this, we're in like episode four-ish of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen the fourth episode yet. I have. Um, I don't know. What is your opinion of the show so far? Um, I mean, like so far, I've been basically enjoying like the idea of Obi-Wan being like super haunted um, yeah. by the the Clone Wars and you know what happened with Anakin. I, I I really I'm I'm enjoying it. Like I totally see why some people have like I don't know if I go so far as to say like direct problems necessarily, but like you know like com- complaints. Like it's not a perfect show, you know. Yeah, I, I think it like shows a lot of fun stuff, but like <sighs> like the funny thing is like I, the only thing anybody seems to be able to agree agree on is that the original trilogy is sacrosanct or holy like it's just like those are the it's the only thing everybody seems to agree on and even then you know yeah people like, have their I, beef yeah like i've kind of come to the, the the feeling of like either either you're you are happy that there's like just star wars stuff coming out and you can enjoy some of it and not enjoy other bits of it as much or you don't like it or, or whatever or I don't know. Sometimes I feel like people have like a, they feel like they own certain stories. Yes. Star Wars, it seems to happen to particularly yes. often. And I think it's because so many people routinely grew up with it. Yeah. Um, it, and I think a lot of the ancillary media too, like the yeah. comics and video games and the novels, I think it's really, and you know, the fan film community is huge. Huge, huge, huge. Um, and so I think like, people really latch onto it being theirs and it's, you know, good things, bad things, right? (laughs) There's two sides to, to, to this equation here. Right. Because, because like, I totally feel like uh, we've talked before about the idea that like, I don't think a piece of art is complete until it's been received by, uh, it's an, an audience, uh you know? Um, and in that way, like, I think art pieces of art complete, every time uh, a new audience interacts with it, even if it's an audience of one. Um, mm. So on some level, I do think all art uh, does sort of belong to the the audience, like in the sense of like, you know, a, a, I don't think a book is finished until it's read. A, a video game is not complete until played. And yeah. I, certain mediums have more or less uh user user audience connection right like Mm -hmm. you know 
with a book, the analysis of the text by the reader is kind of a big change on that, on, on how that piece is read. Whereas, um, you know, I think other, others types of artworks a little less so, you know, like, um, I think like some visual art that is just sort of static visual art sometimes is like, there's a, there's a, there's less to this text, you know, like minus the words. Right. And yeah. so like the interaction is different. Whereas like, I, I would argue that games are probably the one that requires the most of its audience, you know, mm-hmm. um, in the sense of like how they can determine the outcome. Like we both love super giant games. So like Pyre has something like, what is it like a million different endings or something something like that yeah. ridiculous There's a lot of yeah. permutations of the ending yeah and those those permutations are, are really quite minor at the, at the yeah they're at the very end. specific but minor yeah yeah so like when it comes to things like star wars on the one hand i definitely feel like yeah you know like everybody has an experience with it and that that experience is unique to to them but at the same time there's a limit to that, right? Like, you know, like it or not like it, George Lucas put his thumbprint all over the prequel trilogy and you don't really get a say in that. Yeah. And now like oddly star Wars feels to me kind of like Arthurian legend in a sense (laughs) of like, it doesn't really belong to anybody anymore. Like, yeah, it's not an English or a French tale. No, no. And in the sense of like, yeah, Disney owns it and all that, but like, because Disney hands it off to different creators, like it, it, it no, it no longer belongs to anyone. Yeah. You can still make an argument that it mostly belongs to Lucas, but even then it, even it, then now yeah. like it there are more hours of star wars media that are not touched by lucas right. than vice versa yeah um and so for for me i look at it and i think okay like I, i'm sorry you didn't like ryan johnson's take in episode eight mm-hmm. um i'm sorry like or if you're me and i'm like jj abrams you let me down in nine like you know, like in those, in those instances, or like, I have a lot of love for most of what Dave Filoni does with star Wars or like the episodes of the Mandalorian that Taika Waititi did mm-hmm. fucking great in my opinion. Yeah. And so like what I'm interested in at this point with star Wars is not some like perfection of like, it is all perfect and it all works together in harmony. And I'm more like, I want to see what someone has to do with it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I want to see the Taiko Taiko Watiti Star Wars movie. I really, really do. I really yeah. want to see what he does start to finish. That's mostly him, right? right. Because I I fucking love Thor. I, I loved mm-hmm. Thor Ragnarok. You know, like I totally believe that he would do something awesome. I don't know. I've been talking for a minute. What do you, What are your thoughts here? There's a there, there, it's such a big span of time that the that like the universe exists within. Totally. And we always seem to come back to this one specific period of time that, while very interesting, has been probably overplayed for a yeah. long time now. Yeah, it's like what? Like the... It's, it's, it's basically like 
70-ish years? Yeah, 70-ish years during, you know, starting with like right before the Clone Wars, the Clone Wars in between episodes three and four and then post episode six. Right. And it's like, okay, if that's all where this kind of exists in, that's kind of rough. I know that they're doing a new show set like 300 years before all of that. Acolyte, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, the Acolyte. Um, Yeah. Yeah, during the High Republic, which is like they're kind of new, like I guess like pilot testing. Like they're doing all those new comics and novels. I've been reading some of the comics actually. Mm-hmm. Um, Are they good? Um, they're they're much they're interesting, is what I'll say. Okay. It's like they're not super gripping yet. Yeah, but they're interesting. Like there's one that's like kind of like what I would describe as like this is just a this is just a Star Wars story, you know? Um, and they're basically against like some like the Nil, which are some like weird uh kind of viking-esque um space ra- they kind of remind me of the um reavers from firefly actually oh, um interesting. super interesting so like that's kind of cool um and the jedi feel much more like knights in a interesting way and okay. then there's another one that's very much a noir story and i'm mm. like this is dope i don't super dig the characters yet or anything but like this is super cool that you're doing this like rad, like on the streets of Coruscant mystery with like a Jedi investigator and his partner. Who's like been put in by the Supreme chancellor who she's also like a lounge singer. Like it's super cool. Like I'm like, that's, and that's the thing I'm interested in. It's like, yeah, do something weird, you know? Yeah. I remember when they were talking about star Wars underworld. Do you remember that show back in the day? Yeah. Yeah. I remember mentions of that yeah it was like you know a show about like a bounty hunter and his like sidekick going around in the underbelly of the world you know kind yeah of exploring and all that um i think like lucas had outlined like 50 episodes or written the scripts for 50 episodes some some wild Something, number of things yeah but yeah i i, I think it's like i feel like there, there, there's kind of two camps in terms of like star wars movies i want to see right Mm-hmm. Like there's Jedi movies and then there's non Jedi movies. Fair enough. Yeah. And I feel like that also is a great way to kind of divide like the fan base and the fan film base. You know what I mean? Like there's uh-huh. a lot of fan films that make stories about like X-Wing pilots or stormtroopers or rebels. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, or various bounty hunters. And then there's the fan base that like really loves Jedis. I would say yeah. I'm definitely in the Jedi camp. And Same. to that end, right. It's like, I think what I always look for is um, there's a lot of interesting, I think, philosophy in these Star Wars films that I'd like to see, you know? Um, Yeah. Those boundaries of like moral, of morality, right? Like, I think that's probably why like a film noir Jedi, you know, mystery sounds interesting because it's like you're really playing into that, that morality that Jedis have to carry. Um, But at the same time, right? Like a lot of people love Rogue One. Mm-hmm. And I think that Rogue One sets a really great template for like a non Jedi piece, even Mandalorian as well, right? Like, yeah, I I liked both of those for similar reasons. Um, like th- th- they set a very different tone. Yeah. Um, one thing I always thought was super interesting about Rogue One in particular was the fact that in Rogue One there are people who are adherents to the Force as a religion. Um, yeah. And one of them is so faithful that he does like weird stuff that like we feel like, oh, that might be, maybe he's touching the force a little bit. Yeah. Right. 
And then later on, right at the end of Rogue One, we see Vader do some shit and we're like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, uh, no, that is not the force. Like, he is not using it, you know, which I thought was like fascinating from like the person who loves the Jedi. So like Rogue One felt much more like a war story and Mandalorian early on, even with Baby Yoda and all that, um, still has a very like just bounty hunting and getting into trouble because the galaxy's tough um which is fascinating it's Mm -hmm. still in that time period though it is unfortunately but yeah at least it's like in a time period because it's what it's it's after episode six but before the sequels which (gasps) much less explored than yeah like like there was a while where the gap between three and four felt really unexplored but at this point i'm like no that's it's it's, pretty explored it's getting pretty explored um and I, I don't know, like, I think, I think about like things that excite me and like the Star Wars, the realm of, of, of Star Wars is like, I'm very interested in like ancient shit. Yes. You know, like, like, have you ever read the, uh, Dr. Afra comics? No. So Dr. Afra all, it takes place in like the rebellion era um basically but she's like an archaeologist she's like a she's like a scummier version of um indiana jones right um but in star wars so she like investigates like jedi and sith ancient stuff all the time um and so it's like a super interesting perspective um and it's also tied in with all like the underbelly like smugglers bounty hunters that that whole side of it so that's also that's super fascinating and every once in a while they they tie in her with like luke or they'll tie her in with like stuff that's happening in the high republic um mm-hmm. and i'm like that's fascinating that's really fascinating but i want to go further back than the high republic personally same um yeah like there are two things that i would want so like kind of getting into like dream star wars movies for me yeah. um kind of getting around to like the specifics of the topic is i would want either a jedi versus sith like knights like really just like their war movie mm-hmm. like um because like uh, most of our our understanding of like the jedi and sith is at a very small scale like we're following like a couple and the conflicts are not directly between the force wielders like they are but kind of at a high level like in the prequels like it's like there's like one sith that will fight the jedi and then palpatine's doing machinations in the background Um, but like maybe the best shot from attack of the clones is when all the Jedi are running through the Coliseum. Yeah. That's a fucking cool scene. I want that scene, but then a bunch of like, you cut away to the other side and like, it's a bunch of Sith. Like I want like the Lord of the Rings style, like where like, like the old Republic era Jedi Sith Wars. Yeah. But like, Go real low on the blasters. Like, I just want, I like, I want a story about one planet that is being contested by the mm. Jedi and Sith. And like, their war is about, is their war. It's not like, there's no like beginnings of the Republic or, or some other group that are like bringing blasters to it and giving them tons of soldiers. It's like, no, it's just them fighting it out on this one planet. Oh, that's, um, that's actually really great. Cause it's like, yeah, bringing it back to like, you know, like films like Braveheart or like Camelot or Excalibur, right? Yeah, like, exactly. I would want yeah. it to be very much like, 
like Star Wars is like space fantasy. I'd really want it to lean into the fantasy. Like, yeah, nobody draws blasters in that movie. If someone pulls a weapon, it's a lightsaber. Um, yeah. You know, and I'd love to see like different versions of like things like, right. Like sometimes like Jedi guardians and counselors get mentioned, mm-hmm. um, you know, as a like, concepts, but I'd really love to see the Jedi that like fights on the battlefield almost exclusively, exclusively with the force. Right. Right. Um, and like, have there be different feelings of, of, of Jedi and Sith. Um, and just get that, that vibe. Um, you know, because, and this ties into the other Star Wars movie I'd love to see, um, is like the Jedi are on the light side, but they are still a very violent order, right? Yeah. Their symbol is a weapon. Like they're about, they, they claim to very much be about peace, but like your symbol is still a weapon. Sorry. Yeah. Like there's a limit to that. Um, right. And so, like, I kind of want to see the Jedi, and this sometimes happens in the old Republic, the High Republic comic, um, where you see them as like much more of a militaristic group. Um, and so, I'd love to see that, and I'd love to see the Sith portrayed as not like just purely mustachio twirling villains, but like, you know, like people with like a very differing philosophy that tend to lean on like on the whole. Yeah, the Sith are probably bad, but you know yeah they're uh, like a version of it where like the you see a jedi who sucks in the sense of like they're just super hyper regimented and like all about control and like a a sith that you really really like who's just all about passion and following their feelings and caring about stuff you know yeah getting to see the range of that would be cool but the other thing i'd love to see is in like the expanded universe we run into like the night sisters for example. Oh yeah. Uh, I want to see like a Jedi Sith movie wherein they're in competition or interacting with other force wielding sex in a big way. Uh, um, yeah. So I'd imagine this would be even older, like further back, like pre lightsaber technology, maybe even where like everyone's figuring out like differing ways of, interacting with all of this like i i'd love to interact more with the force as a concept and not just these two main philosophies around it you know like in star wars rebels like there's the bendu Mm -hmm. who's like distinctly like neither light or dark side right and like lots of stuff like that i'd love to see that um but that's all super on the fantasy side that's super like i wouldn't want to see much of the ships or anything like I, (laughs) i just i just want that um and i'd want it to be in the past so i'm curious about your vibe here yeah i also agree with it being in the past i'm i'm not so interested in the future because i feel like a lot of star wars media will continue to explore the future post skywalker Mm -hmm. right yeah Um, unless like you know like the high republic ends up being like a smash hit whenever they make that show right I they think, do need like, to they do need to get it out of the mediums it's in because the mediums that it's in are really small audience so yeah so i feel like if the high republic does succeed then they'll probably see a way to go into the past mm-hmm. um whereas i feel like a lot of the shows and media right now that's kind of dealing with the future in a lot of ways they are kind of you know 
it's a lot of fan service and i think that's really good in a way mm-hmm. um you know say what you will about like the the shows but i think they're 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 answering questions for diehard fans right um, yeah that's what boba fett is that's what kenobi is yeah mandalorian even um the mandalorian does um on the whole yeah yeah and so I think a lot about how, yeah, of course, everybody loves like the, like, I think, I think like a great setting and time period is, of course, the Old Republic. Everybody loves the Old Republic. Right. But, One quick thing. I just had like a crazy idea and I just want to oh, yeah. hear, it's just like a two word pitch it. or like not a two word. Okay. It's just like a one sentence pitch. Um, a Jedi who is also a witcher who goes to like planets and like deals with problems for people. Yeah. Um, see, that's, see, that's interesting to me, right? Like because a, like a like, monster hunting Jedi. Yeah. Because, because now, cause like, okay. So like I've had an idea for a fan film, not really in that vein, but in mm-hmm. a similar idea with like, you know, like Jedi go out into the galaxy to go like on quests, basically on yeah. missions to like, to like distant planets that don't really have people or, or things or, or have people, but you know, like, one of the best quests in like Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic is like the Cryat Dragon quest, right? Yeah, that's Tatooine. a cool one. And yeah. I think like, yeah, like a, a Jedi going off onto different planets to go like slay different monsters. Yeah, being a witcher would, would be pretty sick. You could build a whole, you do, it has all the things that make a good Star Wars movie. A cool ship that they can fly on, a mm-hmm. freaking sick lightsaber, a Jedi with a, you know, a very distinct code i think is interesting they don't necessarily need to be like a quote-unquote proper jedi right they could be someone who left the order yeah and now they're bounty hunting and this is what it looks like to be a force wielding bounty hunter with a lightsaber or exactly could be a like gray jedi style other organization right like there's a lot of potential there. I'd say. Sorry, keep you keep going. No, I yeah. That, I mean, like, great Jedi pops. are an interesting thing to me. Yeah, like, I think Qui Gon Jinn is, of course, really underrated as a Jedi. Yeah, but very um, popular. Has a fan base. Yeah, and I think like you know that that whole concept, the, the concept of the Force being very complicated, and the light side versus dark side being very complicated. Like, yeah, I've written a few fan films in my in my time. <laughs> <laughs> And I wrote one film about specifically like kind of on like your Indiana Jones vibe, but like a Jedi historian or librarian going out on missions to like collect holocrons is really interesting to me because Mm -hmm. what they're doing, you know, in the act of preserving knowledge can be seen as both light and dark. Right. Right. And I think that that's really interesting to me to like have a Jedi who, you know, is on the run from both Jedi and Sith because they're trying to preserve both Jedi and Sith knowledge. Um, but both Jedi and Sith are trying to erase that knowledge, right? I think that mm-hmm. that's a really interesting concept to me. You know, Jedi, basically anything in the Jedi, like Sentinel, like Sentinel, Guardian, or not, not Guardian, Sentinel, or um, Temple Guard kind of root is interesting mm-hmm. to me. Um, you know, everyone loves a gold lightsaber. <laughs> it's why it's yeah. at the end of Rise of Skywalker. Um, yeah. I, but I the other admit. thing that also interests me is like the just the wills itself, like the living essence of the force and right. The, the sort of like trial of the Jedi, like becoming a Jedi, building a lightsaber. That process is really interesting to me. I de- Yeah, I definitely, I sometimes like, it's very hard to like dig into that stuff um, in a film. Cause there's not a lot of time. 
yeah, for it. Yeah, there's definitely not a lot, not enough time. It's where and, like a series would be great. Right. And then like the series that have long, run the longest being Rebels and Clone Wars, neither were good vehicles for exploring the Jedi as like an organization. Um, yeah. Beat with the Clone Wars being kind of about their degradation and um, also them on the battlefield and also being very much about the clones and certain Jedi in particular. And then Rebels being like the order's broken. So we're going to do this in a janky ass way instead. Right. Um, something that I would love is to better understand, like you were saying, like the ins and outs of the Jedi. Like, it's a complicated and old enough group that there would be tons of rules that we don't understand and rituals yeah. and, and like, rules and interpretations and classifications. Like yes. he's saying, like that was one of the things that the old Republic game was super cool about. Like, they're like, here's the concept of guardians and consulars and sentinels. They have different roles within the Jedi. They do different things. Typically they wield lightsabers of these colors to sort of signify like these things are super cool. Right right um and so like i i'd love to have more time to like dig into that stuff and it is why i'm sort of hopeful about the acolyte show as like a concept because i'm like love to know more about the sith too in the same way because like the rule of two concept of like there's always a master and apprentice on the one hand super cool it's very schemey it's kind of like it feels like that like a clever move for them to have like snuck in and all that stuff but at the same time it it does leave the sith feeling like yeah this is not really an organization this is not a religion anymore it's it's all that zarakun like yeah it's like zarakun kind of like the philosophy that i feel like is yeah really interesting and like really adheres to some of the, the like the more I would guess like sinister side of the Sith order. But prior to that, right? Like the Sith also had like a, an Academy, just like the Jedi, you know? Right. And I'm, I'm far more fascinated in that because like, here's an th- interesting thing about like the, the rise of Skywalker oddly is on Exegol. There's like a bunch of cultists there. And I'm like, the fuck is this what is this like tell me about this. How are you have all of these people? Yeah. Like I, like I desperately wanted to know. Right, And I was like, and this movie also just is absolutely the wrong vehicle for it. a film is the wrong vehicle for it, but also this film is a bad vehicle for this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I was like, I was sitting there and I'm like thinking, this is, this is fascinating. Or like the Knights of Ren as a concept, very cool. There was yes. a comic that fleshed them out. Um, Cause it was mostly about Kylo Ren and Luke a little bit. And mm-hmm. I was like, this is a fascinating dark side order. Like, cause like they dueled Luke in like the interim period when like Ben Solo is like 15 or something and Luke fights them. And he basically like comments like, yeah, you guys use the dark side, but you wield it like a hammer, you know, like it's all mm-hmm. blunt force. Right. Yeah. And I thought that was like fascinating. Cause I'm like, yeah, there would be different philosophies around using this. Right. Like, the night sisters use it as like magic. Like they cast like fucking spells and shit. And they like raise the dead. They have like zombies and stuff. Like it's wild. Right. Yeah. And then like the Sith use it in this very, like to use a D and D term, like psionics way. It's very calculated. And occasionally they do wild stuff like lightning. Um, And the Jedi are all psychics, right? Yeah. But why? Like, 
is there a light side group that like casts spells like the the night sisters is there a light side group that runs around you know like the knights of ren being kind of blunt about this whole thing i don't know like all of this is super cool and i don't know i just i want more in some ways and like you were talking about that like the skywalker saga is what they call it right it yeah. feels like this black hole that pulls everything towards it sometimes yes definitely and I guess that's why, like, as much as I, like, do love Luke Skywalker as a character and, you know, as much as I do enjoy those films, to do something after the Skywalker saga, because the Skywalker saga feels like the end, you know? It kind of does. Like, to do something after, it feels really hard. And You'd it, have to go so far yeah, in the future it's like you don't even know what star wars looks like in the future right right but then again it's just like the weird thing about star wars is there's just some like it doesn't seem like technology ever advances much yeah you know like i'm like "Hmm, okay you know and that's fine (laughs) i don't mind that at all um right and so like for me i'm like i look at that i'm like okay so you just go far enough in the future that you it's just completely different and then my feeling is then like okay so how why be in the future then the idea of going into the past is to answer some questions like if you go into the past you start informing the the skywalker saga in a sense yes and then if you go into the future you to either make it feel like what happened mattered you either have to then tie it in too much or you have to go like, or it needs to feel like this is also the real story. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And like, that's, that's the problem. And that is that like, sometimes it just, and this is why the sequel trilogy sometimes to me feels like it, where it falters is like, I'm, I'm afraid to say, but like the first six movies are kind of the real story. Right. Mm. And like everything else around it, is probably never going to be the quote unquote real story. It can be like a really crucial, maybe someone's favorite, but it's not like, right. Like mm, and, interesting. And sometimes yeah. like the sequels are like, well, the, didn't the story happen already? Like, and so if you go into the past, you can tell a complete story that is totally disconnected from that. Yeah, exactly. And still it supports what it, what will feel like to the vast majority of people, the main story. And even right. the only story, right? Mm-hmm. If you go into the future, like it feels to me sometimes like, well, how is it supposed to matter? Right? Because is it worse than what happened? Is like, I don't know. It's it's very odd to me, right? Yeah. Like it's like in the same way, interestingly, I look at like Tolkien's work. There isn't really anything after Return of the King. Yeah. But there's a lot that comes before it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's the end of the story. Yeah. It's the end of the world, right? Like. Yeah. It. Yeah, exactly. And I think the past two. There's a lot. I think the other thing that I have a take issue with with Star Wars is there needs to be more willingness to just do one offs. Mm -hmm. You know, I think like keeping things very contained and very small 
to your point about, I think we talked about this on the show about like, how do you do like a space show or a space game? And the key is to like, you know, while you can planet hop, the stories on those planets need to be small and yeah. very personal because the scope of it can get really out of hand very quickly. Um, and so I think like, yeah, like these smaller conflicts, right? Like narrowing it down to a Jedi Sith war on a planet, like that planet could be any number of planets, but wouldn't it be freaking cool if it was like Korriban or something? <laughs> like, or Alderaan. Or even? Alderaan. Yeah, exactly. Right, like, all, like all that has to, like literally you could just be like, this takes place on Alderaan forever ago. Yeah. And then everybody's like, yeah, I care a little bit because we know what happens to this planet. And that yeah. form, like suddenly you get to see this beautiful planet and like has all this history and everything happened here and blah, blah, blah. Exactly. And then suddenly it's like, cool. That makes what happens in episode four way more tragic. Upsetting. Yeah. But you know what it also doesn't do? You didn't have to, you didn't have to throw, you also don't have to throw someone named Organa in there either. Right. No. For that to be, it's, I feel like that's the thing that like you're, you're talking about. It's like, it needs to be contained and it's definitely important that it's going to support something, but all you have to do is include, you just have to set it in the world. That's all you have yeah. to do. Yeah. And suddenly it's going to support everything else. Right. Exactly. exactly. You know, like, and that's, it doesn't need to be more complex than that. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. That, I think that's the thing, right? It's like, I think we, I think as fans, sometimes where we, we feel like things become overcomplicated um in the media that we get right yeah like and i'll look I, at oh go yeah. ahead you go ahead no, no you go you go oh like i was like thinking about the mandalorian season one is really contained yeah you know like it's really contained um and then season two um because where does season one end season um, one ends with them leaving the planet right because yes because then the dark saber shows up at the end of season yes which starts opening it up a little bit right like it's like okay okay all right and then season two luke shows up and then like suddenly the mandalorian knows ahsoka and all this stuff happens and like by this point it's big now right like yeah the mandalorian is big and something that i actually think really really worked about mandalorian in the first season is it's wolf and cub in space. Yeah, exactly. The end. Like it's not yep. it, like, you know, and it didn't need to be much more than that. <laughs> you didn't, you didn't, you know? And I think that's what like the past could offer is like, yeah. it, you know, because on some level there is the side of it of like, well, if Ahsoka and Luke are alive, it doesn't make any fucking sense that the Mandalorian wouldn't eventually run into them if he's looking for Jedi, you know, like yeah. you kind of run into that problem. But if you would set Mandalorian, you know, in the past. In the past, then it could have been any random Jedi he eventually yeah, meets, right? Like Exactly. And then it's a different story, but it's informing all kinds of other things, right? Yeah. I think sometimes creators or like this this something that's like just happening between like Kenobi and Boba Fett and all of this is just like it's a confusion between what connects and supports the whole of star Wars, it's confusing that with, um, understanding that, understanding that to mean like you need every little thing to tie together. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, like, uh, like the fact that, uh, the Mandalorian got a Naboo starfighter 
Yeah. It's fun and rad. Don't get me wrong. But I'm like, did it, did it need to be that? That's not supporting right. the world. That's just it, it. Basically what I'm saying is they're using like um, iconography and these other things, tying it f- always back to the, 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 um, the ninology. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, yeah. It, it always ties back to like the six films. Basically. Right. They tie it back to the six films. They don't tie it back to star Wars. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, right. Because that doesn't tell us anything about, mm-hmm. about the world that just tells us about this same story. Yeah. You know, exactly. I don't know. Yeah. I think we can surmise that. Is that the right word? Surmise? I, th- I think so. It's it's close enough to a real word, at least, close if it's not a real, real word. word. I okay. think surmise is a real word, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess in short, <laughs> our dream Star Wars movie consists of something in the past, something that explores different elements of the world that we're interested in mm-hmm. that aren't necessarily related to the main story. And that are far enough in the past that we don't have to run into things in the main story. Yeah. And we both really want a Jedi-Sith war. We really with, do. Yeah. With more than two Sith. Yes. <laughs> I would I would love to see all of that. Yeah. And like, I don't need... I also... I personally don't have any hold to any particular canon. Like if... Yeah. Like if we went back and like the new canon, quote unquote, is that like... The Sith were not an evil organization until the rule of two took over and fucked it all up. I'd buy that. I'd be like, that's dope. That's super cool. Right? Like, I think that would be, that'd be fascinating. Um, I'd watch a movie or series about, you know, like Darth Bane uh, taking over the Sith organization and turning it into a horrible thing. I'd watch that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It sounds like there's a lot in the well, but we keep just skimming the water off the top. Yeah, yeah. Like, again, like, I, I'm enjoying the Kenobi show, but it's not what I would have asked for. Yeah. You know? Yeah, same. Like, it just it just isn't. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, it's why I'm hopeful about this other Star Wars stuff that they've kind of kept pretty shrouded. Yeah. You know? The Acolyte, whatever the fuck, Ryan Johnson, Taiko Waititi, and the guys who did the Game Game of Thrones apparently have, you know? Yeah. I don't think the Game of Thrones and Ryan Johnson, I don't think they have a Star Wars trilogy anymore. Oh, well. I think it's just Taiko. <laughs> I think Taiko just has one film, though. Yes, Which I, I think would be perfect for him. Yes. Because if he doesn't have to think in the term of three movies, that man makes good films. Exactly. good individual films so yeah well yeah. you know it's an i think we should definitely revisit this later after some of this other media has come out yeah yeah um, definitely and if we ever make a fan film or a fan a piece of fan fiction <laughs> <laughs> we should definitely revisit this topic um totally but yeah with that you can follow the show at Dane and Derek everywhere and you can see what movies i'm watching on letterbox.com slash Derek there's also links to my work there. 
Sweet. Uh, you can find my work at danewrites.com. There's a link out to my Substack where weekly I post mostly poetry, but fiction from time to time as well. Uh, links out to my old podcast, uh, Diceology, and um, music I've written in the past. There's a lot of stuff there, but it's all yeah. nicely linked. It's very yes. easy to look at. It's very convenient. Yeah. Thank you all for hanging out with us this week. We will see you next time. Catch you later. Thank you.